The Holy Gospel according to John, the third chapter. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So a good theme for this weekend is remembering. Uh, and that's a good theme for the weekend for a variety of reasons. Probably the most obvious is our, the civic holiday that we celebrate this weekend, uh, Memorial Day, when we honor and give thanks for those who have given their lives in service uh, to our country, and we do honor and thank them today, and they will be in, the, in our prayers as are um, their families. So that's the, the, probably the most obvious thing uh, that brings to mind remembering. But here in church, there are also some things that, that prompt that as a theme. Uh, at the top of your bulletin today, you will see the words, The Holy Trinity. This is Holy Trinity Sunday. It's always the Sunday right after Pentecost. And so one of the things that we do here is we remember the kind of God that we worship as Christians, three and one, one and three. Uh, I always think it's helpful to think about the Trinity as a, as a reminder that we worship a God who in God's very self uh, is a communion of love. 
uh, God the Father who loves God the Son, the Beloved, and the love that they share uh, in the Holy Spirit. So we remember that. Uh, maybe less obviously today, we also remember the first part of the church year, the first half of the church year. We've talked about this before, but uh, we're part of a liturgical tradition in the Lutheran tradition. Um, and the first half of the church year, which you'll remember begins in Advent, and concludes with Pentecost last week. Uh, every year, we always do the same thing. We tell and retell the story of Jesus. So we begin before Jesus' birth, uh, move through his birth, through his ministry, through his suffering and death, ultimately to Easter, the longest season of the church year, which concludes with Pentecost. Um, Pastor Valerie Strand Patterson preached last week. If you were here, you'll remember she said that Pentecost is sometimes called the birthday of the church. And so now in this second part of the year, having heard the story of Jesus again, now we sit and reflect, okay, now that we've heard the story, now what? How are we going to respond to that story? How are we going to live once more in light of that story. So as we begin the second half of the church here with this Holy Trinity Sunday, um, we look ahead remembering the first half. And then this Sunday particularly, um, once every three years we hear that passage from Isaiah, which is Isaiah remembering his call story. It's a beautiful passage. It's a famous passage. It actually informs the way we worship later uh, during this service, during the communion liturgy. Um, the Sanctus is what it's called, Holy, Holy, Holy. We'll sing that. That comes basically directly from that passage in Isaiah. At the end of the passage that we read, God says, whom shall I send and who will go for me? And Isaiah says, here am I. Send me. Now that memory of Isaiah's, which we read today, reminds me of something in my own life as I made the transition from my prior kind of work to the work of ministry. Um, I, I may have shared this with you once before. I don't mean this as a pun, but I can't remember. Um, but I want to share a particular story uh, from that transition to help us remember here why we are here and uh, what we're doing here. So for those of you who maybe have not heard this, uh, I worked for a number of years before coming to the ministry in the world of communications, public relations. I began my career at a big agency here in Minneapolis. I then followed my wife Amy out to Los Angeles and worked in a high-tech PR firm in Marina Del Rey, um, and then decided, for all kinds of reasons I won't bore you with, to go back to school to graduate school with no intent whatsoever of going into ministry. Um, but I went back to, we moved to South Bend. That's a whole long story, but I went to graduate school at a little place called Notre Dame, studied theology and ethics, which prompted me then ultimately to decide to go to seminary. So we moved back up to the Twin Cities. This is feeling like it's further and further in the distant past, which with every year. And I started my work at seminary. And while I was there, I actually went back to the agency that I'd begun my public relations career at. Um, the leadership of the agency knew what my long-term plans were, but it's not like I broadcast it widely to the rest of the agency or to my clients, you know, with a sign on the door, preparing for ministry, come for prayer, or, or, or something like that. And I think that period was maybe three years or so 
when I was both in seminary and working uh, at the agency. And eventually, of course, I accepted my first call as a pastor, uh, and the, an announcement went out about what I was doing. And this is the part of the story that I want to sort of lift up, that I was, I was reminded of, uh, in part because of that passage from Isaiah, and which I hope at least helps lift up again to remind us why, why we're here. So when the announcement went out uh, from the leadership of the agency, it, obviously it said, you know, I'm going to be leaving and why I'm going to be leaving. And a very interesting thing happened. A number of my colleagues, wonderful, sweet, thoughtful, kind people, came to, to find me in my office. And it was as if they each had the same script. So they sat down and they said to me, Tim, I think it is so cool what you're doing. I think it's so great that you're following, and the language they used was that you're following your dream. That is actually not the language I would have used for what I was doing, but that's okay. I kind of understand their point. Um, so they'd say, yeah, I think it's so neat what you're doing. I think it's great that you're following your dream. And then, hand to God, each and every one of them said the same thing. They said this, they said, you know, I had a dream once too, comma, and you know what the next word was? But. Tim, I had a dream once too, but. And then each in their own way, they would tell me why that dream was a, an impossibility, right? Well, but now I've got a family, but now I've got a mortgage, but now I'm too invested in my work, but, but, but. So I found that to be tragic and, and sad in lots of ways, but here's why I think it's important for us to reflect on it here. Those people were talking about their dreams, which presumably were important and valuable to them. And yet, this culture we live in this culture filled with assumptions and expectations and uh, maybe priorities that it thinks are most important, was able to sort of grind down those dreams for these people or push back on those dreams or whatever the languages you want to use and compel pe these people to give up on their dreams. Now, if that's true for people's individual personal dreams, the question I have for us this morning is, how much more true is that for the dreams that God has for us? You know, the, the passage we heard today from Isaiah is an exception. Isaiah experiences God in this profound, big, kind of majestic, powerful way. But most of the time, in the biblical witness, God comes to people gently and quietly and in a whisper. And guess what, folks? We live in a culture that is noisy and loud and filled with distractions. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. That was very good. <laughs> and in that culture, in a culture that is filled with noise and, and distractions and is loud, where the noise is dialed up, it is really, really hard to hear the gentle, quiet voice of God. And so, 
we come here, and this is sort of why I want to emphasize this word remembering again. We come here to be reminded of a few things. We come here to be reminded of what that voice sounds like. We come here to, to tune our ears and our eyes and our hearts to the sound of that voice so we can hear it and listen to it and try to accept it. Whether it's through the Bible readings or through the prayers or through the, the music we sing or through the solos, we come to be reminded of what that voice sounds like. We also come here to be reminded of who we are. We are children of a king, which makes us princes and princesses. We are part of a royal and priestly class. And that is not how the world looks at us, but we come here to be reminded that our God, our Father, makes us adopted sons and daughters of him. That also means we come here to be reminded that that God has great expectations of us, big plans for us, to whom much is given, much is expected, right? And so we gather here every week to be reminded of the big dreams God has for us. You remember the people who came to me in my office, they said, Tim, I had a dream once too, but with God, there is no comma, but. God always invites us, always calls us, always challenges us to live into this uh, life of abundance and to be invited to do his work of self-giving sacrifice. And then finally, we come here to be reminded that we are not alone. We who try to hear this voice of God, we who try to understand who we are, we who try to understand where God is calling us, uh, in a world that is very good at isolating us and making us feel uh, alone, we come here to be reminded we're surrounded by people, even here this morning, who are, who are our brothers and sisters, who are also trying to hear that voice, also trying to figure out where God is calling us individually and as a community. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. At the end of the reading from Isaiah, God says, Whom shall I send? Here in this place, this morning, God continues to ask that same question, Whom shall I send? The question for us today is how will we respond? Amen.